Hello, this is Pam Electric Ghost. We have uh, Papers Music on. Hi. Uh... Hi. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So it's it's good to have you on the show. We just do a little brief intro. Um, I am Pam Electric Ghost. I'm a podcaster and musician producer, and we've been interviewing folks on the internet since 2018. We're at about 27,000 listeners worldwide now, so we're happy to have Papers Music, your UK uh, London rapper producer. Yeah, talk about your latest single and and your and your whole um whole um project as Papers Music. Mm. So, um, you got the questions we sent you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got them. Um, yeah. So, so we're gonna start off with like the first one. Awesome. So, when did you first get into music? At what age? Um, you know, I've always kind of been into music my family's a bit musical um so when I was young I was like in choirs and stuff and I was singing from probably the age of like four or five um so it's just always been something I've done and then probably around like 13 14 I started writing started like playing around on the guitar and that and um it's just gone from there really so when did you shift to more hip-hop rap from like guitar-based um, That's probably when I started getting a bit more into production when I was probably, I think, 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. Um, even then, I was still doing a lot of acoustic stuff, but I always wrote my songs like I was going to rap them, if that makes sense. Like the, my flow, even when I used to sing, was quite similar to just using my voice. Um, and then really like the last couple of years have been when I really got into production. So that's kind of where like Papers has kind of come from. So did you have other projects before Papers Music where you were more maybe uh, rock or indie, yeah. indie band oriented and then yeah, you decided to shift to this new persona? Absolutely. Just before um, Papers happened, I was um, with another label for about three years. So I'd put out another project with them, um, but I didn't have really like a say in the production or anything like that. It was... Um, a bit of a headache to be honest so I got out of that on the 1st of August and that's why it's been like all systems go on kind of getting out papers and putting out stuff that I make and that I love oh so that's interesting so you you realized mm. you had a talent for music you had actually worked on other projects that were maybe going different directions mm. so when you realized you had a talent for music um that you wanted to write your own music like what age did you decide you want to write your own type of music Oh God, forever, I think. I've Because I grew up when I was, um, I used to go to like theatre school and I was a dancer and stuff. So I've always kind of been around this kind of industry and I would just always write. I mean, I've got like old YouTube videos from when I'm like 15 sitting in my bathroom. <laughs> like I don't even have a capo. I've got like a pen and a hairband around the guitar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I would just always be writing from when I was young. Uh, so it's always been something that I've wanted to do. So which instruments did you pick up first? Or you said guitar. Did you get into any other instruments? It was piano when I was really young, um, which I wish I never quit because I'd probably be really good by now instead of like bashing out chords. Um, I played piano for a while. I played the drums for a bit, guitar. I dabbled in the violin for a couple months, which my parents hated when I was really <laughs> young. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, so I've a couple of things. So when you started getting in music production was like because you had a bad experience with like product producers on this other project and where you wanted to really control your own music? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the production has been a bit more serious for me for the last couple of years. It takes so long to get good, though. Do you know what I mean, it's such a like a craft. You have to really put time into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started with me just kind of, messing around on logic just trying to put down my songs in a way that they could be like I could send the skeletons of it to somebody and then they could kind of turn it into what I wanted it to be mm-hmm. um, and then yeah it's just kind of from not being able to achieve the sound that I wanted through other people it really drove me to just do it myself I feel like if you're going to be an artist these days and you want to make music you should be able to produce your own stuff and kind of build it from the ground up yeah it's interesting because I'm, I'm a producer keyboardist you know electronic musician and i'm in my 50s and i you know when i started when i was 17 i used to find old used rollins and modes oh my god amazing and i i was watching all the new wave bands like you know joy division 
Depeche yeah, Mode. Yeah, yeah. And so I just like, okay, I just, I was, you know, I was just the kind of musician I could kind of play by ear. And if I mm-hmm. see somebody do something, so I said, you know what? Prince was like my big influence. I love Dylan. I love Hendrix. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Like all the guys I like, they really put it down. They kind yeah, of, they yeah, kind yeah. of do it themselves, you know, between Stevie Wonder and, and, you know, Dylan and Prince and Hendrix, they, they were guys that they would go and do it. And I had bands, yeah. but it's like I was always writing the music. And I said, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to do my own project. And I just been focusing on that. And I, I do really spend a lot of time interviewing singer songwriters because that's kind of where my, my head's at. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I love to hear what other people, how they come to that. Um, yeah, everyone's got kind of like a different work process, isn't it? And like a different way of, of how they do stuff. And yeah, it's just cool, man. It's, it's, I love production. It's a really fun thing to kind of get into. Does it make you feel like when, you, when you're writing and producing your own music, you have like a singular vision that you can really represent like that, yeah for sure that, and that then you like about. you start to hear like similarities so you you like with my the new stuff that's going to be coming out like something like there's a couple of drum um pads on ableton that i love and like i'll use them because i love them and you start to hear like similarities in your own stuff which is kind of cool because then people will listen and be like oh that's you know that's like what papers would do that's a kind of like papers drum yeah, yeah, you're building like your own style. I mean, that's the whole thing when you oh. when you're a singer songwriter, like you're influenced by all these people, but it's kind of like a melting pot of all your influences, and then suddenly, out of all those influences as a musician, you, we kind of absorb what's there, right? And then yeah. then your personality puts your take on it. Um, Definitely. And, and so then that come becomes papers music or becomes whatever the project you're on. And then people get to hear your signature sound, you know, mm-hmm. and that's Definitely. really, I think that's what you can't, if you go to producers that are trying to do hits, right, they're going to end up sounding like all the hits they make. Oh, yeah, of course, because it's like all the stuff that's played on the radio, isn't it? It's the same 13 songs on repeat. Yeah, yeah, they're all running the same, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they're all that's running cool. the same pads out of, mm-hmm. out of Fruity Loops and they're all doing the same drum sounds. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you know, I come from a time. Where like okay, well, my mode can create new sounds any day of the week, mm. and so I just create my own stuff, and then I don't have to worry about copyright. Everything's like a analog, you know, loop coming off of yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. Rollins and my analog gear, and then I'm like, I'm always telling me like, then you don't have to pay anybody. No, because, exactly. Because you just build your own stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Then you don't have to worry about copyright hits and people. Oh, you got a violation because you grab somebody's this and that. And, you know, that's, you know, that's a big problem today where people are like, you know, the clip based music is cool, but you got to be, you got to clear everything. You got to do all the legal work. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's better if you can kind of, if you can kind of compose it and write yeah. it yourself. And also like you should want to, like, I feel like as an artist, you should want to do that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. do it for yourself on the bottom and. Well, it's the difference between like a producer and an artist, you know, it's like like if you're a singer songwriter, it's kind of implied that you're writing your material, right? If you're a producer, it's more like, okay, well, I know how to organize things as a music director and I can grab clip here and stuff and know how to arrange. And that's, that's a skill set, but it's different, you know, and you can be appreciated for that. And I understand that. I mean, I love the bomb squad from like Public Enemy, I love De La Soul. They were really mm-hmm. good. There were mm-hmm. some bands like the Beastie Boys, they're very good at clip production. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if we have guys that are like brilliant like that, then they don't really get hit because they're so brilliant and so hidden, some of the stuff they're doing. It's like, they might've took it from here, but the way they used it, you can't really- Yeah, you can't even it. tell. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, so when you put together this new papers project what was your whole goal and maybe who were your influences maybe talk about it um my goal for it was just kind of obviously being able to have the freedom to make whatever style music I want say whatever I want wear whatever I want in the videos because that was restricted of me for a really long time um and my influences honestly have I've listened to like a lot of different music. I think growing up, the Weekend Trilogy album like shaped me as an artist completely because it was just genius. Um, I listened to a lot of Miguel, a lot of Kendrick Lamar, a lot of J. Cole. Um, and then I grew up on like rock music because my dad loves rock. So it's just been like a big amalgamation of like loads of different styles. 
And it just depends on mood I'm in as well, really, what I want to listen to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I have a big punk. I'm a keyboardist, but my I have a big punk influence. You know, I love the Sex Pistols. I love the Clash. Mm. I love, like, you know, the Ramones. So, and, so like, people always say, well, keyboards, where are you going there? Well, look at Trent Reznor. Look at Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails mm-hmm. is totally influenced by punk. Yeah, so yeah. Being a synthesizer player that's influenced in that way is not that surprising. You look at Joy Division. So, mm-hmm. so if you think about it, like, and then I have influences from like jazz, like Sun Ra and yeah. David and Coltrane. And a lot of, you know, cool thing about hip hop and rap is like you see guys like Tank Hendrick Lamar, he mixes like old, obscure soul songs with jazz. Mm-hmm. This and, is it. And rock. And that to me is where the future of music is. Oh my you- God, yeah. And it's so theatrical and it's so interesting and it's so different from all of the stuff that you're like that's thrown in your face every day on the radio do you know what I mean which is sad that they will never play like his album tracks yeah his albums are meant people. to be yeah meant to be heard as a full project oh my gosh yeah which people don't do anymore like everyone yeah. it's just singles 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 no one's kind of putting time into like a body of work anymore well, yeah well I live in that space I grew up you know with concept albums from like Pink Floyd mm. and the Beatles it's like everything I do is like concept stuff I still do albums but I have a very like micro audience. I'm happy if I hit like ten thousand. You know? Yeah, yeah, for uh, but, sure. But you know that's how I live. I'm able to work in that space because I don't overextend myself. Mm-hmm. But it's like you have to decide like that's what I want to live in. I like the album format. I like concept albums. I like progressive music. So progressive yeah. music means you're going to have a suite of songs that kind of go together and tell a story. Yeah. And so I'm sure. never going to be like writing singles because that's not where my head's at. You know. Yeah maybe one of my songs might be a single i have a song now that's doing well but it's like uh-huh. i never intended it to be that way if it happens yeah. to go that way then it goes that way <laughs> yeah 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 for sure so i think that's what i think is missing today because so many people are trying to get that slam in two minute song this is the thing but then when that happens and then it's like the kind of 15 minutes of fame thing you know what i mean there's not really like longevity yeah you gotta be like build that like yeah the listeners have to like trust you and grow with you and know you and i don't know i think that people really can tell when someone isn't being like genuine and they're just kind of like making a track because they think it's going to be a banger and that's going to like get them on the radio do i mean i think i don't know i don't really want yeah i think i think every artist i've ever talked to that's really pure into it they do music because they love it and, oh. they, and they they perform it because they like to perform. In there. And, you know, you, it is a consequence where you, if you want to get to the top of the charts, there's certain things you got to do. But, you know, you have to figure out that kind of, kind of like uh, middle ground. Between yeah, do it in your way. Yeah, doing it your way or doing it the producer way that says, I'm going to make you a hit. And then you end up in a Keisha situation or something. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. you want to be able to control your destiny, you know. Mm-hmm. For <laughs> so sure. I totally get where you're at. So, so let's talk about like your song '90s Baby." So how did that come about? Because I'm a big child of the '80s and '90s, I and mean, oh, I, I live oh. in that space. So I was wondering, yeah. like, where are you coming from with that? Do you know that all was born off of the little dun, 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 synth that happened? I was just like messing around, and that kind of happened with the drum beat, and it just kind of went from there. To be honest. I wrote it all kind of after I'd like left my old label and it was kind of a song that I knew like it was just like fresh starts and um, got some stuff off my chest that I had to get off my chest. Um, and then with all the references, like the Destiny Child and the Backstreet Boys, like that yeah. was just, oh my God, I just was like, this is just what I thought so perfectly. <laughs> like, I'm just going to fully go and reference like Britney. Yeah, that bye, bye, bye. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I was like, I have to put the harmonies in here, 100%. Um, I like that. I like the way that you merge those ideas in the kind of mm. 90s concept. Yeah, because I'm more of a maybe a 70s, 80s guy, but like I do appreciate the 90s because you get bands like New New Order, and I was yeah. like really into New Order and Depeche Mode when they were really kicking. Oh my gosh, yeah. No, but, I love it. I love the 90s, man. I'm so about it. I think I should have been born like 10 years earlier, so I could have had my... <laughs> well, I think I love about that time is like the bands, you know, they went on stage with their synths and their guitars and full bands. Oh, yeah. And today, like I'll go to a club in New York and I'll have my, my roadies and all my stuff, right? And then there's some guy we coming out with a CDJ and just a SD card. Yeah, I yeah. actually have to tune up, you know, with my whole band. We like we've got like real keyboards, amazing, and, and the basses and stuff. And they're like, 
oh, that's going to take you how long? I'm like, well, like 20 minutes. Cause I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, like a real, I'm, I'm a real band. I'm not, I'm not going to like just jump on the CDJ. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, it's, and also, like, where's the fun in it, man? It's so fun to play live when you got your band playing with you. Yeah, it's just, I, I understand it's cool to have the modern setup where you yeah. have a CDJ or you come out there with, with like, you know, a, a MIDI pad or something. Mm-hmm. But, but it's like it takes some of the life out of it. If all you're doing is your backup tracks and you kind of maybe lip syncing to it or over, you know, maybe muting a couple tracks. And, and you can't singing. beat live drums. Yeah, oh. it's like a live drummer is always going to kick, you know, yeah. a live guitar player playing. You know, it's just it's just something about that that that's the kind of when I go to New York, I go to the clubs that want to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's there's still audiences for that. You know, but it seems like it's getting like smaller in some places because people mm-hmm. are like, oh, they just want to see. You know, so what? How do you handle that with what you're doing? Like when you go to do your music, do you have a DJ behind you, or do you play it? You know, how how are you gonna when when Corona's over? How are you gonna like perform? Um, as as um papers i haven't do you know what i think i will try and get as much kind of live aspect as i can like when i played i haven't played a show in so long because when i was with my last label i literally like wasn't allowed to play live or anything it was really nuts Mm -hmm. so before that when i play i'd have like a lot of stuff um my drummer would have like the um roland what's it called the sb so he would like put some stuff on the backing track and like Mm -hmm. a click track and then play some of the drums and like yeah yeah. ideally like to do that i just want to find some good musicians that i can trust and that get it and yeah it's like a hybrid it's like yeah a lot of bands you you still want your backing track so people Mm -hmm. can get the song and so i've done like things where i've used ableton live you know, mute them, mute tracks, and then play stuff over it. That you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I think that would be so fun as well. Like, if I can play and have like the push out and be playing some of the like drums or something like that, I think it's just a cool thing to watch somebody do when they're yeah, performing. it's just cool to have your song there. So I mean, so you you can play it straight, but then you could improvise improvise a little bit. Like if you have somebody controlling like an Ableton unit with a MIDI controller, or you know, some kind of pad based grid controller, like an MPC. Mm-hmm. If you're using like an MPC, then you have a lot of freedom. They like, okay, if I've got like a music director, and you know happens to play bass, and then he's got some kind of MPC, then when you're playing live, it's like he can kind of like kind of jam it like a DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he can do it even more be- better than a DJ because he has more control over what he could do. He could kick a clip off that's not standard, not the same, you know, as the as the original tr- song. So you can improvise a little bit and have more mm-hmm. fun. And yeah, so- and then when people are watching it, it's like something new for them. You know, what I mean, it's not just like the same song that they've listened to. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole thing when I was back in the day. You know, going to see like I saw Prince, and the cool thing about seeing Prince is that you knew he wasn't actually going to play Purple Rain the way he did it in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, whole yeah. thing about him is he would do these like twelve minute, fifteen minute extended jams of the songs. Amazing. Yeah, and you can just see on stage that like, everyone's just jamming and freestyling. And yeah, that everyone. was always what I liked. I would go see the Almond uh-huh. Brothers. You know, I would go see a band like Who's to Do or the Replacements. And the whole point of it was like, you want even REM. I used to see them back in the day when they before they were super big, and they just it was just cool to see those guys like just jamming their songs out. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's cool. Like, and even they, they, when you're doing hip hop, you know, it's cool when like musicians tend to like oh I, maybe I, i'll do some new lyrics that weren't on the cut that you know they didn't put on the album then i can kind of run these lyrics because mm-hmm. i don't like it like i mean could you every every songwriter has multiple versions of their song and then sometimes oh you God, feel yeah. like it you go out and say well in this day you know this day and when i perform it i'm going to use the lyrics i wanted to put out but i didn't put out yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you know that's that's the kind of freedom but so, so on papers music you got your 90s baby song. So you have a full project that you're working on for more songs for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got loads of songs. Um, a couple of them are mastered. A few of them are getting mixed at the moment. Um, and then literally just, I'm just in the studio all the time. I built a studio in my house. So Cool. Yeah, I'm all, all about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good, man. So, you know, whenever you get that feeling and you know that something good's going to come, I can just jump in here and get it done, really. So I think I'm going to release... I'll probably do two more singles and then put out either an LP or an album, just depending on how much material I've got. Well, I've been seeing, like, yeah, I mean, EPs are doing pretty good. Like, do you think about doing an extended play or do a full album? 
I don't know yet. I think it depends. I'm going to put out another single in six weeks and then probably one four to six weeks after that. So depending on how much like relevant stuff I've got by then. Because like what we were saying earlier, like I've got a couple strong, a couple tracks that I had done about six months ago when I was doing kind of more soul stuff. And like the tracks are really good, but it doesn't really fit with, oh, what, with what you're doing now. Yeah. So it's like I've got all of these things that are like mastered and I could put out but now it's just about getting selective over what I want people to hear what I want papers to represent what I want to do with this kind of brand and like if I have five tracks that work with it amazing if I've got 10 amazing I'm just gonna kind of go with it and I just want to put out like the best stuff for people that I can so I'm just gonna be selective and make sure the album or whatever it is bangs and that's all that matters really (laughs) So when you put together an idea like an album, the cool thing I always like about albums is they have they kind of they kind of like make a statement like an audio novel, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of like a, like an audio movie. Like when you have a really good album that kind of flows, it kind of tells a story, or or yeah, it definitely. doesn't tell a story. All the songs kind of fit together, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now your idea like you got to make so it feels like it's a cohesive idea. Yeah, definitely. Because I think now that I'm rapping a lot more i used to sing a lot more um and so i don't want to put like songs on this that kind of aren't in the space that i'm at now Mm -hmm. so yeah i think my production as well is getting better quickly because i'm just spending so much time doing it it's such a long process to get good at this and honestly like anybody that starts it i think knows that there's like a big mountain ahead of them until they start making stuff that sounds good and i think i'm kind of getting to the point now where i feel confident and i feel like I found my sound because it takes such a long time as an artist to find your sound and your thing and like your path. So I think I've just kind of brushed it the last six months and it's going to be exciting to kind of see where that goes. So the the, the, the origin of Paper's music, is there a story behind why you chose that name? Um, Honestly, I was sitting in my studio and I was trying to think of rebrand names because I had to rebrand because I hated the last album that I put out and I wanted to kind of get away from that and my old name and all of that. And I had some rolling papers sitting on my table and I just thought papers because it's kind of androgynous. It's kind of like, yeah, do you know what I mean? I didn't want to use my name. I want to separate myself from. So you wanted to create like a stage persona. Yeah, for sure. Because I think it kind of. It is, and it's not like it's all from um, like experience, but it's also nice to kind of be able to pull yourself away from it. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I've always been a very big fan of like Bowie because he mm-hmm. could he could go into all these characters, and then mm-hmm. you know like like if you look at Ziggy, yeah, you know, he did Ziggy, and then he, he never really did it again. Maybe people said, oh, he kind of did it again in the '90s, but 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 basically he would take a character, do it, and then I'm done. And then he goes yeah, into the next yeah. character and it would represent a totally different vision for his music. And that's cool because then it turns each song into like a piece of art. Like you've, you're bringing someone into this like sound space and then you're shooting a video and you're like creating this little world in this one song, which I think is really cool. I think people don't do that so much anymore. I mean, Gaga did it. Yeah, and... Lady Gaga is kind of modern. Yeah, like, she did it so Bowie. well. Yeah, she's, she's like the female Bowie. She's able to yeah. channel what... Netflix, five yeah. Foot five. yeah, but she was channeling oh. like that same idea. Because yeah. she tried to do herself. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen tapes of when she was, wasn't Lady Gaga. And she was really good. But they just wouldn't gain traction. It's yeah. like what happened with Bowie. Bowie was like David Jones and he tried to do it without being Ziggy, without being Thin White Duke. And yeah, it, yeah, nobody yeah. nobody paid attention. Yeah. So it's because there's so much in this world now. Like there's just so many musicians. Unless you're doing something different or like that jumps out, then people don't pay attention. Which also I think when you're able to kind of go outside of yourself and when you mm. can create that stage persona, like if you look at like Freddie Mercury. He created this persona that wasn't exactly him, but he became yeah. queen, and, and he could project that. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was this like bigger than life character, and that's kind of what you have to do to to really kind of get into a space. And it does protect you in some ways because it doesn't have to be you. You know, it yeah, can be exactly. Kind of variation, maybe, maybe there's real parts of you in that character, but then you can kind of play with it like an actor, you become mm-hmm. like a method actor, and I think that's what's cool when you actually realize that the theatrical nature of acting and music can kind of coexist 
when you yeah. become a performer and then you you go into that and then you can do things that you would have never done. Yeah, absolutely. So with that thing with papers music seems like that's what you're kind of doing now. You're 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 taking like who you were before and you're creating this whole new stage persona because you want to project something different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a fun thing. I think it's gonna be a good journey, you know. So so regarding collaboration, I'm, I'm, you you did collaborate with your last project, but you didn't like the result. Um, so so are you continuing to collaborate with people? For, for papers music it was just primarily most like 100% you so all of the all the tracks that are going to be on the album or EP or LP or whatever it's going to be are produced by me and it's all going to be me obviously I've got like an amazing guy that mixes stuff for me um, and then lately I have been I know a couple like house DJs um, so I've been working with them They've sent me some tracks. I've been singing over their stuff. Um, and I've been working with another guy called Matt James. We've got a song called Peroni coming out on October the 1st. Oh, cool. So most of it's me, but then I've had a few people come to me. And if I like the beats, I like what they're doing, then I'll I'll sing or I'll speak over it. Because um, it's fun. And I think sometimes you get kind of... Um, I get writer's block a lot, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'll go through like two months where I can make 10 songs and then I'll go through another month where I can't get one word out onto a page. So it's nice in those times to have other people's music to kind of inspire you. Cause I think it's hard as well when you're writing a song and you're producing it and you're like really focused on every single aspect of it. Sometimes you can get a bit stuck because you're just kind of like, well, I'm like, where do I start sometimes? Um, so it's, it's cool to write over other people's stuff. It gets me out of my um, writer's book sometimes. So when you collaborate, are you still are you using papers music as the as yeah the, okay that's what's yeah. going forward. You're not changing because sometimes you know it's cool. Sometimes you used to well Prince used to go around and change his name, and you know be like you know all these different names um, that he would like record under and then work with other people and then people didn't actually even know sometimes it was him. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. But, so I, I don't know if like did you did you ever feel like well maybe I should do that? I was thinking like, about oh. it because I've had to like start from the ground up again. Um, after I left the label before, I just thought like the best thing to do right now is kind of get my name in as many places as possible. So just work with as many people as I can mm-hmm. if I like this stuff and just make sure that people have seen the name Papers Music. Yeah, yeah. So you're in that phase because you want to promote that that version, yeah that, for that sure. new character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've when you were talking about like collaborating, that is like I have done that where I've um had albums where I've co-written and had a project with a, with another artist, and it's very inspiring because I'm primarily a solo artist. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I tend to write everything in these big rock operas. Um, and one thing I was always able to kind of get around having writer's block is I'll go and just do live jams like on the net. Yeah, and I find that when I do live performances, it generates like new ideas because I used to be a big fan of well I still am of Frank Zappa and the uh-huh. Lovers of Invention and they just used to do these big live kind of parliament funkadelic kind of free flowing free jazz funk jams Amazing. and when you do that you, the end of what ends up happening is you go back and listen to the tapes and then you find the songs out of those jam sessions mm-hmm. and I do you know that- I used to live in Brighton which is on the south coast of England um it's like quite a small town there's like a couple unis and we had like so many jam sessions there like I went to a music school down there for a while and um, Brighton's got like such a good scene for that I haven't I've just moved back to London um last year like end of last year and I haven't managed obviously COVID's happened so we've been locked down I haven't managed to find like that here yet which I'm quite excited to do because in Brighton there's such a good scene for it everyone's a musician there basically yeah, I find that's always like I love to do that because if I ever run out of ideas, if I go and do a big jam, then that's where I tend to say, okay, here's a bunch of new material, and I'll just go through it, and then you'll pick out the the hooks out of out of the live tape, and then just oh, I can work on this because here, here, yeah, here's this, yeah, here's this cool bass line, or here's this cool chord arrangement that I kind of never thought I was gonna, you know, you just kind of do it. Uh-huh. Sometimes yeah, it just comes out, and then you're like, oh, that was sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, when you're a musician, sometimes if you overthink things, if you say, I'm sitting down, I'm going to write a song, and it's like, well, that's not going to come out good. But if I just kind of just go hit the record button and it's just jam, then my my, my, my kind of musical memory over time 
my influences come out and you just say, oh yeah, well that works. And yeah, I can work definitely. on this. That's what I find. Like if I ever try to force myself to do something, that's like, well, that's not I'm exactly the same. It's like, what well, do I start? Do I start with a drum beat? Like, am I going to go in with a synth first? Because yeah, sometimes it's difficult. But I do that with my lyrics as well. Like when I've made a beat, I just freestyle and then go back in and like, find what I like and then kind of build from that. So do you end up using your phone to like capture like if you're out walking and you come up with like some lyrics, do you like do a voice memo? And All the time, capture? yeah. I've got like just random stuff sung into my phone that I have no idea what it is and just like lyrics in my notes and stuff, which is cool because then you've always got something that you can kind of pull from. Do you also like have like a diary or a notebook? Like I see a no, lot of No, I'm like awful at like writing with a pen. So oh, you're not good at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the worst handwriting and I lose everything. So there's so better, yeah, the voice man was quite a better idea. Yeah, for sure. It's just the easier, easier way. I'm probably not gonna lose my phone, but I'll lose a notepad in like two minutes. So Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting. So so like when you produce like with your like where you're using logic? No, I'm using Ableton now. I started Okay. Um, and then I got the Ableton push and got Ableton and just converted because the push was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just love it. I don't think I could go back to Logic now. I don't think I'd even know how to use it anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Like I, I had gone, I had been using DAWs initially, and then I switched to this kind of, this kind of old school method. It's like, okay, I have all these Moogs and these Rollins and these hardware mm-hmm. fence, and I kind of just take like hardware recorders and I just record my 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 sense you know all my drum machines and stuff in that kind of old school method of using like a Tascam or using a fostex you know mm-hmm. and just kind of laying it down and it kind of for it gives me limitations but it forces me to kind of i have to learn my song i have to get, yeah, get yeah, it yeah, down yeah. and actually learn it so then when if i because i want to play live so i want to actually be able to actually play the parts so yeah, i tend to write cool. right so i can actually play it live <laughs> that's awesome yeah 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 i don't think i could play my stuff live i really want to get good at finger drumming because when i make drums obviously i do it like all in section i do the, the kick and the snare and the hi-hats but if i could i don't think i could do it all at once yet that would be really cool though yeah it's just a different thing because like if you're a keyboard <laughs> player you kind of want to be able to play it live so that's like your thing yeah definitely so you're definitely. kind of right like that and even guitar players are right like that because like i want to be able to perform it and it was an old story about the who where they're like they loved Tommy because they actually wrote Tommy so they could perform it. And the Love producer that. at the time had told them, well, let's do all these overdubs. And then they kind of band pushed back. Like, we want to actually be able to perform this as a four-piece band without having to bring other people in. Mm-hmm. And so they actually wrote Tommy so it would work with all four members without having to bring other people in. That's awesome. So if you think about it, that's one thing I think people in this kind of modern world where you can, you can layer so much sometimes people forget like okay well if you were ever going to play that live you really can't do it yeah definitely definitely (laughs) that's why it's different when you're working with bands i think when i was in uni when i was studying songwriting there um i had a band that played with me and it was so it's really funny trying to take like an electronic based song and take that into a rehearsal room with like four other musicians and try and get them to yeah, yeah, redo hard. what I've done. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Hard. <laughs> I've got like an indie drummer playing, trying to play like trap hi-hats and it's like, it all got a little bit mad. Luckily he had a um, SPD, but yeah, yeah it was, that's, that's it was a fun process though, being able to adapt stuff and like change the song because obviously when you're in a room with all the musicians, you can just be like, we'll just change that and play these chords and find how it works which that was that was pretty fun to be honest that was a good time but i think once you're a solo musician like i think because i'm i do a solo act i have a lot of sequencers and mm. a, lot of, a lot of devices so i can actually you know play as a one-person band that's so cool and yeah, so yeah. then if you have like you know like an 808 or a 909 like a real physical drum machine and you have mm-hmm. all these rollins and modes that can do all these things you can run foot pedals and all kinds of things to kind of be able to be that way uh, yeah, so you yeah, can yeah have all that layering happening and you have stuff coming off your sequences but that stuff you're doing live uh and so it, it, it can be you know similar to like running a daw but you're running all these clips off of like analog sequences mm-hmm. instead of running them in, in a daw you're kind of running them 
and tying them together so the tempos are tied together by like yeah. voltage and all this crazy stuff. But it's like it's it's all harder. It forces you to work in a different way. Like, oh my god, yeah. And it's the level of concentration it takes as well. It's, yeah, it's just a different thing. But I think a lot of musicians try to challenge themselves to kind of force like the creativity. I, yeah. I, I think it's always good to kind of put yourself in a situation where you might not be fully comfortable because that's where you actually start. That's creating. where you grow. Yeah. yeah definitely. definitely. So you find that Absolutely. with the papers music where you actually put yourself in a position where you weren't exactly fully comfortable or were you totally comfortable with what you were doing when you first started it? When it first started, I'd kind of got to the point where I was like so ready for it to start because for so long I wasn't allowed to put out stuff that I liked on my own music or even sing like the style that I wanted. So by the time papers came around, I was literally just like, I just want to do this a hundred percent. I was like really in it. And so within like two months, I literally left the label on the 1st of August. So it's basically been like two months now. And like having that drive to do it has really pushed me to do a lot of stuff in a short amount of time, which has been cool. I think I needed that little like, fire to kind of do it yeah building your home studio that's a big thing i've always been i've been a big proponent of that i've had my home studio for like six years mm. and, and it's always like getting new gear but it's i think it just like the cool thing about that is like okay whenever i feel like it i can just do what i want yeah for sure and you've got like your place like it's been a while since i've had like the privacy and space to do it and i think when you are like recording vocals or stuff like that as well you need that kind of like safe space that you can yeah. fuck up it doesn't matter and you can like you can do whatever you want you can try yeah, you can do whatever you want you can get so experimental and there's like no one's listening through the walls or it's, it's cool i think it's important to kind of have that now did you have to like really build your studio to get your vocals right? Did you have to do anything to like make sure you're getting good vocals versus going to be honest i I bought like a log cabin and plastered all of it, so it's like pretty well insulated and soundproofed um and then besides that, I just got like a really nice mic mm. I've got a Neumann it's really nice I've got like a big reflector, so I don't find that it's i didn't I haven't like treated the room or anything mm -hmm. like i I just got a book on mixing and mastering. Let me see who's it by. <laughs> Let me see. I've got it right here. Um, Mike Senior, Mixing Secrets for the Small Studio. Because there's a lot of stuff, technical stuff, that I wish that I'd gone to uni and that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So I've bought this like massive book, which I'm trying to get through at the moment. And um, it talks all about like treating the room and stuff like this. So I think I am going to do that next. But I just don't know. I mean, the vocals are coming up pretty clean as they are. Yeah, a lot of the technology today, like I've essentially since I built my, you know, a lot of it was like the different preamps and stuff I use on my mics and the different mics I use. It, it and a lot of the stuff I do, I use a lot of, you know, my music. I use a lot of vocal transformers. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of layers of things going on because I'm trying to create characters. So mm -hmm. all my music is like, you know, my lead, I'm the lead singer of my band is like the female version of myself named, jo yeah. named Josephine. And that's all created through all these like a Moog vocoder, a Roland vocoder, and it goes through all this other stuff. And so it's, but it's interesting because it's like analog and digital treatment of my voice. That's so cool. So you does, can make some pretty crazy sounds. Yeah, you can do different things. Yeah. So, so a lot of what I do is totally like a creation of, synthesizer technology you know <laughs> mm -hmm. and just how you treat it and how you different mics you use and different echoes you use on it and i'm always changing like the variation of, of her character and uh -huh. every you know every time i approach it it's like okay well if i use this mic she's gonna sound like this if i use this like digital delay or if i use a spring reverb there's all these different things i spend a lot of time on trying to get her to sound a certain way and yeah 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 kind of like like if you're doing stuff for films like when you work on voiceovers for films there's a lot of treatment that you do for things like that and it's the same kind mm -hmm. of stuff that i do um but yeah it's a, a lot of this stuff you can do if you if you just like put your time into it and now because of covid i think a lot of bands i've been talking to they're like doubling down on okay instead of buying that rv or the tour bus money i'm actually put dumping it into better mics yeah better vocal processors and you know yeah. to, to, to do work <laughs> yeah yeah because to release like a successful record it needs to sound 
professional. You've got it needs to, you know what I mean? People's ears have got used to a certain level of quality, be that good or not, because everything is auto-tuned these days, which yeah, yeah. I'm not into. <laughs> but like you can't have a bad USB condenser mic anymore. It's not gonna cut it. Like you need a yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need good equipment because people are gonna know. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta have a five thousand, ten thousand dollar mic, you know, oh, something that yeah. emulates that. You know, pretty good. Yeah, if you can find, (laughs) do you find one that can? Do you find like a thousand dollar mic that emulates a five thousand dollar mic? And like that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the Neumann's nice. It can sometimes be quite scratchy because my voice is a bit husky. Um, but it's it's doing a good job at the moment. It was a good little investment that one. So, are you focusing on like videos? Um, for for papers music, are you? working on some like because a lot of things today are so visual are you going to be yeah. putting stuff out on youtube and yeah so we just dropped the 90s baby video yes uh, friday cool which was cool and then the next one i'm kind of planning it at the moment i've got this amazing videographer jack dalman that i've been using um i met him on a photo shoot i did a couple months ago and he's just brilliant like he's the way he edits and how his he's just got like fresh ideas and i just like everything he does so i'm going to use him again um and just yeah kind of planning the next one at the moment it's going to be quite a fun one to shoot i think it's a garage track so i want it to be like really old school Ooh. everyone like adidas track suits and bucket hats okay. and stuff like this that's cool so are you thinking yeah. of doing any kind of online concerts like there's a lot of new kind of online venues getting created uh, people you know doing concerts off of twitch people joining collectives and, you know, some places are actually opening up venues and then having bands go on a stage and then streaming it from the stage. And maybe there's no See, audience. I would love to do that. That would be awesome because I genuinely haven't played live in so long and I miss it. Um, but I've, I did like the IGTV kind of um, concert thing when I released my last, uh, my last project. But I just it just frustrated me because the sound quality is just never going to be good coming through an iphone filmed on an iphone do you know what i mean so i don't know if the opportunity arises then yeah i started to awesome. use some technology of my ideas is like there's actually like a roland um like mixer that allows mm-hmm. you to get like off of my soundboard the quality coming off of my studio so it, Straight, it allows me to take yeah. my sound coming off my soundboard and then put it into like a zoom camera Oh my god, yeah, that's like And then when you run, run a, like a, Roland makes these video mixers. Not that I'm pushing for them, but they make these video mixers allow you to take in like high quality audio and then okay. link it with HD video, and then have multiple cameras on a on a live video shoot. So if you go like on Twitch, you can have like four cameras, and they automatically switch while you're yeah. Playing. And that's the um, kind of technology that like when you, yeah. if you can't do a live show. If you set it up in your home studio and you set up a bunch of web cameras and like one on the board, one on a live wide angle view, one on mm-hmm. another view, and then you've got this thing where it randomly is popping through those angles while you're playing and then giving you a really high quality audio. Yeah, it, that's a really good way around it. To yeah, be honest. You, it's just about adapting right now, especially like releasing a new project during this time. I mean, there wasn't a way to not do that because it had to be done, but yeah, it's yeah. not like. I can just go play in London at different venues and people will find me. So that's a pretty good idea, to be honest. Yeah, because if you start pushing yourself on Twitch, like the way Twitch is, like it's, that's where all those video gamers are. But if you start, there are musicians popping on there and I start doing it. And if you keep on showing up, you start building a base, right? And if you build enough yeah. of a base, they actually start monetizing you. Um, Love that. We all need. So, so it's like if you get enough people coming in, if you get like two or 3,000 people coming in every time, suddenly they'll start monetizing your feed yeah every yeah, time yeah. you play then you get start building an audience amazing and then you can then push it to youtube and you can push it to facebook and mm-hmm. then it, it, they will just kind of cascade from there so that's why i've, I've always talked to a lot of bands they say well, how are we going to tour it's like you kind of got to think about doing something like that <laughs> well adapt and overcome right now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you can really build online. I mean, like uh, internationally with this podcast, I went from like 3,000 people listening to 26,000. That's amazing. We're hoping to hit like 30,000 this year overall. And then another year, hit like 50. And it's just, and it's worldwide. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in New Hampshire, in a a really small town in New England. But I have a reach that goes beyond that. 
yeah 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 it's the new age man this is uh it's cool it's a good thing for musicians i think because then you've got people all around the world that have access to your music especially like being in the uk like everybody wants to break america so being able to kind of like put your stuff over in the states and you've got people listening in the states like that's awesome that's a really cool to the whole question about streaming it's like like back in the day when i started though like you know i'm in my 50s i had to go play in a pizza shop you know or playing oh a bar in a bar doing zeppelin covers you know yeah um and now because of the net you know i get on soundcloud and then i get people all over the world listening and mm-hmm. then i get then from there i get on spotify and then i get a podcast and then suddenly i'm not just playing at vinnie's pizza shop I'm, I'm able to hit like everywhere yeah 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 so what do you what do you feel like th- about that? Since um, there there are pros and cons to it because in the old days people would actually buy your cassette, yeah, and, no, or buy your CD. Yeah, SoundCloud plays are like no, Spotify plays sorry like zero point zero zero four p. It's mad. Yeah, yeah. I think um, like that's the con for sure because it's um, it's just hard as a musician to live off of music through your music. Do you know what I mean? If you're like synced and you've got other avenues like merchandise stuff like that then you can be okay but like it's a shame that um people don't go out and like buy records anymore um, yeah that's the big thing is like if yeah you, you, they go on xbox and or they'll go pay a youtuber for playing a video game so yeah I was, I was watching my daughter right and she was like sending ten dollars to a video youtuber this and it's like, it's like well why don't you buy a record yeah yeah <laughs> You know, because it's like, yeah. and I see all these young people like they're they're giving these YouTubers tips of like five and ten and fifteen and twenty dollars, but they find it hard to buy record out of the iTunes store for or you know or Amazon or something for, from a musician. So it's just, it seems to be like the devaluation of music as an art form versus somebody who's just playing a video game. Not that that's not entertainment. I guess it is for this new generation. Dude, I should start playing Xbox more, I think. Well, that's why I think I started looking into like working with video game, um, like, like programmers and mm-hmm. getting some of my songs pitched into their games. Oh my God. Amazing. Cause then if you actually get a song embedded in a game, your royalty rate is way higher than Spotify. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, and so then I started looking into like you know like the sync licensing. So I'm like heavily into that and influence marketing, and that's where I make most of my money. I mean, it goes yeah. it's something I want. I want my ghost songs to make money, but I make more money as an influencer and as a podcaster. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I use that money then to push my music and keep on doing it. But yeah, but, I don't think people kind of realize like how much like people just go on to Spotify and they see the song there and they listen to it and I don't think a lot of like the general public kind of know the amount of like time and work and money that goes into even get, getting that song sounding how it does and in front of you on your phone I don't think people really know especially being an independent artist like what what it can really take to yeah, do yeah we're, we're all paying the bill ourselves you know we're paying oh my, yeah, for it's all just, of it's our equipment <laughs> and our mastering cost, and, mm. and you know, there's you know, making the cover and doing the photo shoot, doing the yeah. big, all that's coming out of our pocket. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like the old days where you got a budget and an A and R. You know, they give you a budget, they give you a publicist, they give you the tour bus. You know, they, <laughs> all that stuff we have to self fund now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I don't think people get it. And in in, in in the Corona world, what's really bad about it is a lot of the bands I used to interview, like in 2019, they were like heavy touring bands mm. like the only way they made money and these are u.s like rock bands and punk bands and stuff like that they the only way they made money was like playing cbgbs or playing the whiskey a go-go oh my God. the only way they can do it and now they're like oh like what are we gonna do and, and they haven't been able to get that audience that would see them live actually pay them on the net yeah the it's so they- sad <laughs> like the industry right now like between the musicians and like the the hospitality industry like especially in london like we've got the curfew in now so like all of the raves are shut down like events companies like people can't djs can't play musicians can't play like the whole kind of industry at the moment is really suffering so hopefully this yeah. corona stuff out soon the only way you can translate is that you can get like your website and get somebody to buy 
like a USB drive version of your album or a oh God, version yeah. of your <laughs> album and a t-shirt. I find I actually could sell more ghost t-shirts than I make more money selling ghost t-shirts than selling a record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm, start, I'm launching my merch next week, so hopefully. <laughs> but that's like a common thing. A lot of musicians I've talked to, it's like I sell more, I make more money on my t-shirts and my posters and my buttons yeah. than I do on a record. You know, you know, and then the <laughs> vinyl has been one thing that actually is very profitable. Like if you do a, like a vinyl run of like, you know, less than a thousand copies mm-hmm. and then you go to New York and you do a show and then you at the end of the show, you sign the vinyls. I, you can make more money than you ever made like on Spotify for the whole yeah. year. You know, you can make like actually decent amount of money as much as like doing the show. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because the people are willing, they, they like that. It seems like the vinyl format. Oh, they, yeah, people love it. People connect with it big time because mm-hmm. like you can have, if you have a lyric book, if you have, a, you know, you have a, a good cover and a little sleeve that has art on it, people feel like then they connect. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like back in the day when you buy a CD and you'd get like, I remember when I was like really young getting my first like Britney's cd like destiny's child cd and you'd like take up the thing and read all the lyrics and they were like notes in there and it was like you're right in a way that people feel connected to the artist they feel like they're getting a bit more out of it so have you thought about like you're thinking about doing merch and you, yeah because that's that is kind of like how we can succeed is our is our merch seems to be working. Yeah, yeah yeah so i've got like loads of really cool t-shirts because i'm i'm like as a person as well i'm so into clothes like i'm really into I love clothes. I am super into that. So I've designed loads of t-shirts that um, are going to go live on my website next week and like hats and hoodies and stuff like that. And I kind of want to build that also into a brand because I've wanted to do that for a long time. And if I can do it through papers, then that's even better. I think that's like we have to be our own like small business people. Yeah, for sure. And we have to like look at opportunities to like link. You know, like I, I've actually done very good with like influence marketing where I'll, I'll, I'll get tied to some company that's selling like CBD or, mm-hmm. they're, or they're selling like, like, uh, you know, some kind of product. And then I'll, I'll, I'll align with it and I'll do a blog post on it or I'll take a picture with it. And then, you know, they would give me, you know, compensation for that. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. interesting that like it's so hard in the, in the music labels seem to need to get. Or they just, the production companies that push our music out need to find a way to make our music more um, valuable, you know, or, yeah. or make it so that we actually get a fair living wage from the work. Yeah, 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 for sure. It, it seems like there's something missing in, in the way, and Corona has really exposed it, you know, like it exposed it for a lot of people's jobs. It's like, okay, there's a problem here. Yeah. And it seems like something needs to happen to make music more valuable or more you know doable for us so that we don't have to do all these other things yeah yeah, the thing that we love the most (laughs) yeah for sure and that's why i think it's good being able to produce and stuff as well because like ideally if i can produce other people and make a living out of that as well that would be awesome because yeah that's another my day job and yeah 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 once you become a producer, then suddenly you can become a music director. Like being a keyboardist, I can get pulled in to do like music direction, you know, because yeah. I know how to use all that MIDI gear. So like if somebody wants me to go, you know, and run a show, I, I can do that. And so yeah. it's like, so I can, but now with Corona, now I can't really do that either. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So sad. I don't know how much longer it can go on for, man. It's good. Yeah. I don't but, know. But you just keep on working on the project. You know, I've I've talked to so many people that have a lot of projects going on because they've really been able to like, okay, now because I can't tour, I'm actually going to focus on my music. Yeah, and get the material done and like really just work on your craft. I think it's given a lot of us time to do that, which has been kind of the only good thing that's come out of it, really, having just the time to actually get your head down and focus. Regarding the future of music, what do you think? You think it's like... um, a combination of the things we're talking about you think there's other things you you want to do with your music um going forward with like papers music where where do you think you want to be like in the next five years oh god hopefully quite big and making some money <laughs> um, i'd like to really just build up the brand and just get out a lot of good material i think the industry at the moment i'm just i don't know i feel like there's just a lot of like 
sexualization of women and there's not enough female artists at the top at the moment there's not enough female artists at festivals we haven't really i think the types of artists that are up there is all the same type of artists and i'd quite like to kind of break that mold a little bit um i think people need like different stuff i think eventually people are going to get bored of hearing the same voice over the same type of track a hundred times a day you know so if i can break that in any way that would be awesome yeah that's the one thing about the industry that i've always been like a very annoyed with is like even go back to the beatles times you know the the monkeys were a clone to the beatles because the beatles were doing well yeah he's just like like all the british invasion bands were all kind of okay well, let's try to market this to death until we yeah. like, until we knock it out and that's what happened to disco you know people got sick of the bgs you know people got sick of disco because it got overplayed mm -hmm. it, or everybody started doing the same trying to clone the bgs yeah, everybody got burned out. Everyone the bandwagon and hope that it pays off as well. And they don't see. I think learn. there's a lot of music <laughs> coming up now that is different. There's a lot of like different artists that maybe aren't getting played on the main radio stations, but have like a million listeners on Spotify a month. Like people aren't stupid, and I think people do like things that aren't just pop. You know what I mean? And it is there is space for it. Um, but it's like what we were saying earlier, you've just got to kind of do it in a different way and not rely on like radio plays. You've just got to build up your brand and really just like push yourself and just believe everything you do 100%. I've got a lot of friends that have quit because it hasn't quite happened for them yet. And I think you can't really quit. You've just got to keep going until yeah. something happens, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've been going since I was 17 and I'm in my 50s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you love it. Like, you'll never stop. Do you know what I mean? I, Regardless of what happens. You do. It's like a blues guy. Does a blues guy stop? No, they keep on playing until they're done. You know, yeah. you think about the guys in New Orleans or in Mississippi, you know, and I kind of kind of subscribe to that where, you know, traditionally like African-American music forms of jazz and blues and, you know, um, that type of rock. Th these guys, they kept on playing Lead Belly. They played till they were done. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. And this, it, it's not about being 17. It's about, like, no, you I, think about a blues guy, it's like they can be whatever age, you know, yeah, you can keep on going not. forever. You just, if mm -hmm. you have it, you just keep on doing it. Exactly. And like, as a musician, you'll just want to do it forever because you love it, you know? Yeah, you don't have to play the, like, the young person's game, like, well, I've got to be like 18. I got to have this look. It's got to be like that. You, you don't want to fall into that trap because, like, as a musician, you're going to get better. Yeah, oh my god yeah dude the stuff i was playing making when i was 18 and you think it's the best thing in the world and you look back it's even now like stuff i made a year ago i'm like i wouldn't even make that now you know you improve all the time that's the hard thing about putting out records as well because i think i could always change something and especially now that i do all my own production i've got the files in front of me and i'm like oh i could just change that drum beat there or i could just change that synth a little bit and eventually you've just got to be like no 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 just put it out and move on yeah um, yeah, that's interesting. Like, I like I like to go back to songs and then like rework them. Like yeah, I go back yeah. to stuff I did like five years ago and then say, hey, you know, I can reapproach this and and do it again. And then yeah. even something I did like a couple of weeks ago, I'll I'll make multiple variations of stuff I'm working on because basically it's like the refinement of what you do. And then eventually, like I put it out. And I think that's just like the growth as an artist. As an artist, that you mm -hmm. you do something and then it evolves. In, mm -hmm. into a piece like a lot of jazz bands like their pieces evolve if you think about like free jazz that piece really is never done they keep on evolving it yeah and they yeah, just keep yeah, on yeah. if you think like like a zap or like a parliament funkadelic in that kind of context you can take your songs and if you put them in that context like you can continually change what you're working on to kind of mm -hmm. fit where you are yeah 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 like one of my songs that's going to be coming out called sunday i wrote it when i was like 18 or 19 and I found the YouTube video like a couple of weeks ago and I was like oh my god this is sick like I need to remake all of this and it's it's turned into something completely different but something yeah. that I like represents me now it's it's really cool and plus like sometimes old lyrics are just as good as your new lyrics it's just the beat was a bit yeah wet. yeah you just like, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's where you are today as a musician you know mm. where Hen Hendrix was on any day I got so many like old Hendrix tapes and like every time he played something it was kind of like whatever he was feeling yeah for sure and it was like and that's kind of like the nature of being a musician like that's that's the, the beauty of it it's like mm -hmm. you know it's like a painter every day they paint it's gonna be something a little different it's not gonna be the same yeah exactly and, and that's what's the beautiful part of it and i think that's one thing in the industry i've been kind of 
railing towards is people to be more improv do more improvisation or more yeah. kind of stream of consciousness to kind of show people wh- who who they are at that moment yeah 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 because every day you're in a different mood you know that's why like a lot of my songs are really different because you're not the same person every single day you know you don't always want to yeah. write about stuff or yeah yeah it's really cool and you're right that's how people start to get to know you yeah i think that's like when people really get to see you like if you do a live concert and you do like suddenly you do like a stripped down version of your song mm. like you know like like the old unplug idea like when Kurt Cobain went and did this unplugged stuff and he was like this big heavy grunge guy but then he went and played these kind of Beatle tunes you yeah know, wow you know he can do that and it kind yeah of- he can do that as well as others like, yeah for sure it's really cool it's a good thing for people to see yeah that's cool mm-hmm. so yeah well great great talking to your papers music and we're gonna yeah. push, we're gonna push this out to our 11 platforms we, we are actually part of Spotify but it's going to okay. go out to like Apple. It's going to go out to Google. It's going to be on 11 different platforms. We're going to send it out. We'll send you the top link for the for the Apple Music link and the Spotify link. And um, we'll push it on our social media. It'll be out in the next hour. And, and if you want to come on the show when you have your next project ready, if you have your album I'd, ready. I'd love you, to. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. It's been really nice talking to you. Thank you so much for reaching out and setting us up. It's been, it's been a nice evening, you know. We love talking to musicians. We like pushing like uh, artists because we think, you know, that that's something we don't see as much of as we would like. You know, we want we like free form interviews where people kind of really open up, um, and that's why we kind of do what we do. But I thank, love it. Thank you thank for being you. on the program. Yeah, enjoy your Sunday, man. Thank you for having me. And thank you very much. Have a good day. Yeah, we'll speak soon. See you later. Bye.